This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. G'day. Before we get into the episode, if you tuned into News Club last week, you'll know there was big news in our world in the past few weeks as Meta looks to retreat from news in Australia. It's a decision that has a few outcomes, but one that is possible is that Meta might pull news content from Facebook and Instagram altogether. They have form. What it means for news publishers like The Squiz, well, it's a bit unsure, but we're doing a bit of reflecting. To help us, we're asking you to please take a quick survey for us. A link to do so is in your episode notes. It's seven questions, two minutes of your time, but the information could really help us steer the ship as we look towards the future. If you live in Sydney, it's going to be hard to miss the fact that we're hosting World Pride. That's the world's biggest LGBTQI plus celebration. It kicks off tomorrow. So in this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we take a look at the origins of the whole Pride movement, how Sydney won the rights to host, and just how big this party is going to be for the Harbour City. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, you and I are all over the fact that World Pride is about to kick off. As we said on Saturday Squiz this week, our office is just next to Oxford Street, the home of World Pride, so you can't miss it around here. However, we were chatting and thought it might get lost in the news cycle for other parts of Australia, so here we are. Let us paint you a picture. And most listeners are probably aware of the annual Mardi Gras parade in Sydney, which is a big, colourful eruption of celebration and self-expression. That winds its way through Sydney streets and most definitely on Oxford Street. The last couple of years it had to relocate to the Sydney Cricket Ground because of COVID. Mm. Uh, But that alone attracts a couple of hundred thousand people. So think of World Pride as a mega, mega Mardi Gras Mm. and you'll get the vibe of what happening in Sydney right now. Damien Woolner, who's the proudly gay style editor for the Sydney Morning Herald, had a really good article describing what it's like here. He wrote, walking around Sydney in the lead up to World Pride is like being trapped in RuPaul's drag race (laughs) marathon with countless images of drag queens promoting pride flights, hotel brunches with backup from a slew of oiled topless men. (laughs) Yeah, Damien's really (laughs) nailed it. Uh, He also goes on to say exactly why he won't be attending. Uh, Finishing with the line, I'll be feeling proud and aware of my privilege that I can stay home with my husband, go to bed at 9.30pm and not worry about getting glitter off the sheets in the morning. So look, (laughs) it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone, but for those it is for, it's going to be such a big deal. Let's step it back. World Pride is not an event everyone is familiar with. What is it? What's it doing in Sydney? So World Pride was first held in Rome in 2000. Uh, and I can tell you that the then Pope, John Paul II, wasn't really that pleased about it. Mm. Uh, it's basically an event that goes for a couple of weeks where the LGBTQI plus pride spreads all over the city. Uh, and since Rome, it's been held every few years or so. Uh, so it's been in London, Jerusalem and New York. But Sydney is the first time it's been in the Southern Hemisphere. So well done us. Well done us. It's kind of like the Olympics. Sydney had to bid for it. It wasn't just because Australia is awesome and we have Mardi Gras. It's actually something we had to work pretty hard to attract. 
Yeah, and look, you've got to reckon that our Mardi Gras helped us get the bid over the line, Mm. Uh, but this is a serious, serious business. The New South Wales government expects more than half a million people will attend events uh, and it will bring more than $100 million into the economy. So you can see why it's fought over. Yeah, when you think about Pride or Mardi Gras, you think giant, dazzling, glittery party. This whole movement, though, um, began as more of a protest, the broader gay community really campaigning for equal rights. Yeah, and it goes back to 1969. Police raided a gay bar in New York City called the Stonewall Inn. Uh, Remember, we're talking about a time when same-sex relationships were illegal and gay and trans people pretty much had to live their lives in the shadows. Uh, But on this day, when police started harassing and arresting patrons at the Stonewall, uh, they basically said enough's enough. They resisted arrest and it set off riots that lasted five days. Yeah, I read one of the ways police could arrest people in the bar was for not wearing gender-appropriate clothing. That was actually a law on the New York statute books, if you can believe it. Yeah, and that showdown in New York, which was just a response to the continual police harassment, kind of became a galvanising moment in cities around America and eventually around the world. Uh, Remember, this was occurring in the context of the civil rights movements, uh, also the feminist movement, Mm. uh, and now the LGBTQI plus community unites around a common cause. And just to close that out, in 2016, President Barack Obama designated the site of the Stonewall Inn as a national monument. So it tells you just how important that event was. Next up, we'll take a look at how that whole movement came to Australia. As we said, Claire, if you've ever been or if you've just seen it on the telly, the Mardi Gras in Sydney is a fabulous party. You and I have both done it. <laughs> it's got its own story, like the Stonewall Inn. Yeah, the first Mardi Gras in Sydney was held back in 1978. Uh, It came about because gay rights groups in the US were trying to get other countries involved in events to commemorate the Stonewall riots. So the Gay Solidarity Group was formed here to organise a pretty traditional march and a public meeting in the morning and a street parade at night. And it was that street parade or really the violent police response to it, actually, that pretty much brought national attention to the whole issue of gay rights in Australia. And it really helped establish it as an annual event. Yeah, that's right. So back in 78, at about 10pm, it was just hundreds of marches peacefully heading down Oxford Street towards Hyde Park in the centre of Sydney. But police moved in to disperse the crowd because they didn't give them an official permit to march. They ended up arresting dozens of people. Many of them were badly beaten. So it was pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, there was public uproar about the arrests and the police violence and eventually all charges were dropped. A year later, 1979, there was a peaceful incident-free Mardi Gras with about 3,000 people joining in that march. Yeah, and... Basically, a generation has been involved in that struggle. Uh, It's really important to them to remember what it actually took to have a Mardi Gras, uh, the battles and the trauma that they've been through, and eventually now to have world pride, to have that big festival in their backyard. Yeah, Ben Gratz is the creative director of Sydney World Pride. He's an Indigenous man from Darwin and Gratz believes it was recognition of the older gay community that fought for human rights in Australia in the 1970s that really helped Sydney's winning bid, as well as the emphasis on First Nations participation. 
Yeah, and Sydney won this thing all the way back in 2019. Mm. Uh, We sent a contingent over to Athens and one of those was Robin Kennedy who was arrested during the 1978 protest on Oxford Street and she told her story of the arrests and the public shaming. There's always a great story behind all of these big things, isn't there? Mm. Someone else who went to Athens to help secure the bid was Gadigal drag queen Nana Miss Curry, an absolute local icon, Claire. She had a sellout show at the 2021 Mardi Gras. And Gratz and his team have travelled the country as far as Broome to the Tiwi Islands to talk to Indigenous people about how they should be represented at this Pride event. Uh, So it's not just for Sydney. No, it's for the whole of Australia and for the whole community generally, and it's going to be something. Next up, let's take a look at what's on for World Pride Sydney 2023. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember where she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. Hubble. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. As I said at the top, Claire, it starts tomorrow, the 17th of February. It goes until the 5th of March. So all of Sydney for that period of time will be in the middle of Pride Mania. Give us a sense of how this is going to run. There's going to be pop-up dining, uh, free performances and rainbow-coloured street parties. Uh, So especially on the eastern side of the city, there's going to be road closures Mm. uh, so that they can set up these pride villages where a lot of this will take place. I'm going to scroll the uh, events calendar as we speak, Claire, and look (laughs) at what we might be able to attend. Love a good street party. Tell me about the big events, the ones that will probably get the most international attention, I guess. The Harbour Bridge, is that going to be a feature? Yeah, and in fact, it's going to be shut down. And they did it just a few weeks ago for a Ryan Gosling movie. So got to think this is a good reason to do it too. (laughs) Uh, So the whole shebang is going to end up with 50,000 people marching over the Harbour Bridge. That happens on the 5th of March. Yeah, it's going to be one mad weekend in Sydney. You can still register for the waiting list to be involved in that walk. You can't just show up for that one. And look, the organisers are really happy that that has sold out. It's quite Mm. amazing that that has happened. Uh, Like the giant Mardi Gras after party that goes until 8am, more than 10,000 tickets already gone. Yeah, we might be a bit late to this. I think my personal favourite on the agenda, which is surely going to be binged around the world, is Bondi Beach is going to be transformed into what the organisers call the city's hottest club. That's on (laughs) Saturday, the 4th of March for 12,000 people. Tickets already gone for that one as well. Yeah, I can see where Damien's coming from. It's a lot. (laughs) lot. (laughs) And yeah, look, it's going to be big. Um, Let's just hope that there's good weather. We'll put a link to the website in your episode notes so you can check out all the options, particularly if you do live in the inner city. Uh, You might want to avoid some dates or you might (laughs) want to be involved. Um, There's everything from concerts in the domain, there's art exhibitions, there's sport, there's drag queen performances. Like we said, there's lots of free shows in these pride villages that will be around Oxford Street. Claire, our office is going to be going off by the sounds of it. (laughs) Yeah, get ready team. (laughs) There's seriously hundreds of options if you just want 
want a little taste. Um, the other thing that's worth noting for World Pride, organisers are calling it partying with purpose. So there's a whole bunch of events, including a human rights conference. It's all part of it. That's at the International Convention Centre. Like we mentioned, there's a real focus on First Nations people throughout this whole event. Yeah, so a lot of the events have really been put together with that direction uh, from the Indigenous Advisory Committee. So there's going to be some amazing performances, a musical journey featuring island songs from the Torres Strait, also from Papua New Guinea, uh, and a show featuring Pacifica queer culture. It's going to be, um, we're calling it a sensory overload, I think. We haven't even mentioned Kylie Minogue yet. She's headlining (laughs) the live and proud Sydney World Pride opening concert on the 24th of February. And look, let's be honest, it wouldn't be a World Pride event, I don't think, in Australia without Kylie Minogue. Kylie is very necessary. (laughs) Yeah, it's her only show as part of it. So that's going to be a really big focus. Yeah, I think think that's enough. I think that's your shortcut to Sydney (laughs) World Pride onto our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we give you some further reading, listening or watching. As I said, I've popped a link to the World Pride events calendar in our episode notes for anyone who's interested. Also that article by Damian Woolner about why he won't be hanging out at World (laughs) Pride. It's a great read and a bit of a laugh. Claire, also, we do a lot of work with Uber. They're a great supporter of the Squeeze. So I wanted to mention that for the duration of World Pride, there'll be an Uber Pride ride bus, which is a free hop on, hop off, bendy bus to get festival goers. Around events easily, safely, with heaps of fun en route. That's launching this week with the Venga Boys on board. Claire, what a blast from the past. That just really makes me smile. (laughs) Well done, Uber. I think that's great. (laughs) Also, um, the National Museum in Canberra has a permanent exhibition of some of those defining moments in LGBTQI plus rights in Australia. Uh, There's a link to that as well with all that history of Mardi Gras. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. We hope anyone involved in World Pride has an absolutely fantastic time. I'm sure they will. We've got um, a shortcut on chat GPT lined up that might be dropping next week we'll see how we go unless something bigger pops up had a few requests for this UFO stuff Claire too oh yeah the flying balloons wow yeah flying balloons we'll see if we can get to that thank you as always for tuning into Squish Shortcuts and we'll be back next week Me again. I mentioned a survey at the top of the podcast, but sometimes we all need reminding twice. So just jumping in here again to say you can find a link to that survey in your episode notes. And if you're wondering why all of this is so important, listen to last week's News Club episode or my interview with Tim Duggan, co-founder of Junkie and chair of the Digital Publishers Alliance, about what it could mean for you and the Australia we know.